to a new episode of Palma Copy, a podcast all about Palma movies. I'm your host, Camille, and again, I'm joined by my friend, Kayla, and we are talking about part two of the second week of Countdown to Christmas and our movies that we will be talking about this week is Christmas Sale, starring Katie Sackhoff, Carrie O'Quinn, Patrick Sabogui, Emma Oliver, and Lawson Chambers, as well as The Christmas Promise, starring Tori DeVito, Dylan Bruce, Patrick Duffy, and Charles Patton. So first movie that we're talking about is The Christmas Sale, and uh, for those sci-fi geeks, um, you know, they, you guys might know Katie Sackhoff from like Battlestar Galactica, Mandalorian. Pretty much, this is her like foray, first foray into like rom coms. Um, Paul Mikey's podcast did an interview with her a couple of weeks ago when she talked about that. Um, Terry O'Quinn is from Lost. Everybody knows her from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Patrick Sabogui, he is, he's done a couple of Hallmark movies, but his most recent roles were on The Good Doctor and Flash. Um, but yeah, this is like, I feel like this is Hallmark branching out to big known names outside of Hallmark. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Because like, um, Terry O'Quinn and Katie, they're known outside of the Hallmark world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's quite exciting to see it. I, I like seeing the fact that they're branching out and not using the same actors over and over and over to get new content because like, it gets boring seeing the same faces over and over in different roles with the same plot line, okay? Yes, 100% <laughs> agree with you. Even though sometimes I feel like I'm in the minority when I say that because like almost everybody that I know is like can can, can we have all the old people back all the old actresses back I'm like no (laughs) yeah you need fresh blood to continue um being viable I think Uh, yeah that's what's anything not just like the this this tv channel but with any industry so I mean, the actors are getting old. What, they, they, what do you expect them to do? Uh, keep acting for Hallmark at like 80 years old or something? <laughs> so, but um, I was like, the the promo just made it look like the most boring movie in the universe. Amen on that. <laughs> so I was, I was, like, as, in terms of editing, like they could have promoted it differently. But um I, it was the surprise of the week, I think, for both of us. Yes. I have to say, though, that this was, um, the promo was just a bad sell for this movie. I was like, oh, God, this, this is great. I Girl comes home, says hi to the dad and her dog. Yeah, they haven't, it looks like they haven't seen each other in a while, but that's it. They're like, what, do, what does boats have to do with it? But, yeah, um, <laughs> But this movie was slow. <laughs> yeah, like, that was the chief complaint I had for across all four of these movies was they were slow in their plot lines. Um, but when it st- started moving, you're like, yep. okay, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this now. And the little girl stole the movie. Yes. The little um, girl, um, I, there's another Hallmark movie uh, that stars Mickey DeLoach um, called Love Takes Flight. And this movie reminds me a lot of that movie because in that movie, the little girl was also instrumental in helping the older gentleman move on from his grief, you know, live life again, enjoy um, life and stuff like that. I mean, the, um, Hannah, that's the little girl's name. She, she's just like so cool. And I have to say the casting for this movie was perfect because Katie Sackhoff and Emma Oliver look alike. They have the same smile. 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely um, good casting from Hallmark in, in quite a few of these movies, and I'm I'm really impressed with that. Yeah. Um, I like. But um, the boat it- thing kind of gave me flashbacks to when Dad used to keep our boat on the lake here. Yeah. Like there, we have a, a lake that's used for recreational purposes in the area, and it was big enough to where we could. It was the boat could not come in and come out. It was just yep. it was a, you could live on it like these people do, and it had to be you know shore power and all that stuff so I could yep. get electricity. Okay, so, um, that that it really brought me back to that part of my childhood. Um, well, if, that, he ever, if he ever hears this, he's going to go, you hated that boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this movie was written by um, Katie's husband. I didn't get his name. Ooh, too bad. I just wrote down Katie and husband. <laughs> and it was also executive produced by her and him, and the, and him as well. Um, but anyway, let the general synopsis is that um, her husband's name is Robin Gadsby. Gadsby, okay. But um, the general synopsis is that Elizabeth is an event planner who um, works in Seattle for a hotel. I mean, they didn't exactly specify her position in the company, but that's what gave me, um, that's what it seemed like to me anyway. And she has like a really contentious relationship with her father. And like soon after her mom died and they hadn't seen each other really since her mom died. Um, She has a young daughter named Hannah. Her dad like does this heroic act of saving a kid from a falling tree, which yay, but he got injured doing so. So one of his friends, um, the baker, Joy Spenson, called Elizabeth and was like, hey, your dad needs help or whatever. So she goes over to Portside where her dad lives, comes to find out that he is, you know, about to, his, his house is about to foreclose. He, he hasn't sold the boat yet and stuff and you know it's in pretty bad shape as still grieving and going through depression and not doesn't have the house decorated and stuff and there's this annual boat competition slash parade um that her family used to do when her mom was alive and so during the tree lighting ceremony she volunteered to sign up for the boat parade and win the $25,000, hoping to um, pay off whatever is owed to the bank so that the house doesn't get foreclosed mm-hmm. or whatever. But anyway, um, while she's at Portside, she runs into her childhood friend, Luke, who's played by Patrick Sabalkley and stuff. And they're kind of cute together. I think I have to say I like them together. They, they are cute together, yes. Yeah. And they have these little cute, they have the cutest little scenes together. Like one of my favorite scenes of them together was when um, Hannah and Elizabeth try to persuade Luke to help them with the boat. (laughs) And and they like, they pull the pouty face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You child. Please help me, Mr. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> she had him wrapped around her finger, that's for sure. Hannah wrap had everyone in town wrapped around her finger. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. But he, he finally caved and uh the boat looked beautiful. And he I think he even fixed the sail was torn at no, one point. No, the sail was still torn by the end of the movie. It's still torn, but he did he fixed it up in a way to where you couldn't really tell and yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was he I mean like Luke I fell in love with him the moment like he 
picked him up from the dock and he was like, and, uh, you know, Elizabeth goes, you look healthy. <laughs> and he looks at his stomach like, thanks. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, you look healthy too. And I'm sitting there going, okay. And then the little girl's like, do I look healthy? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was adorable, but I do have to say, I think it was so cute when she finally told him that he had a, that she had a crush on him in high school. And she was like, you, you don't have a crush on me. You can't have a crush on me. I mean, I don't think I've, wait, no, I have. Well, I take that back. I don't think I've ever had to tell any of my crushes that I had a crush on them because I, <laughs> I think they do. But um, or at least guest. But um, have you ever told any of your high school questions? Yeah, I have, and it never ended well. Let's just put it like that. Really? So it didn't yeah. have the hallmark ending where the guy is. No, no. <laughs> of course, I was very awkward and shy and very introverted, and this girl that has these this health condition that held me back from a lot of stuff so no and I was a nerd I was the biggest like you glasses and the braces and no you believe me it was worse it was worse than in in those years and I don't really blame these boys for (laughs) checking me um so yeah I do I do have to say though that the one guy that had I had a crush on high school that I went and told him later that I had a crush on him. He did say to me that, you know, I liked you too, but I was a little bit intimidated. I was like, but what? He was like, is he disabled? I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's like, you liked me, but you couldn't be with me because of something I can't control. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. A little bit emotional conversation that just feared it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so they had this winter ball at Portside that pretty much everybody in town was trying to hook up <laughs> Luke with. They were like hooking up hooking him up with their nieces their wives friends their everything right so um Luke is not a dancer I guess there's some kind of story from like senior year in high school or whatever that is the reason why he hasn't gone back to the ball but um you know after her declaring her crush and like you can tell he also has feelings for her it was so cute because every you know the little uh, Hannah was like I want to go to the ball what's a ball oh I'm gonna go and stuff and then um Elizabeth like runs towards um Luke and, and like you know they just have this awkward conversation like you want to go to a ball like sure um but let, you know, I take Hannah to go to the ball. And like, yeah, yeah. Let, let me go ask Hannah if she wants to go, and then we can all go together. I'm like, you're using your child as sort of a, <laughs> but it is adorable. But I do have to say, their first kiss, their dance in the movie or whatever, so he whispered to her, he he loved her and stuff. I was like, oh, And like, yeah. this is a second movie, second movie, really, that this weekend that we had dancing, but, you know, whispered sweet nothings, because you remember in Christmas in Harmony, um, he also sang to her while they were dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I would feel if someone started whispering in my ear while I was dancing. I'd, I'd feel weird. I mean, and then there's like the grandpa who's very hesitant to even put a Christmas decoration up. Yes. Okay. So 
we that we're talking about right now um Luke and Elizabeth. But to be honest with you, the main storyline of this movie, I think, is Dennis, the grandpa, played by Terry Quinn. We see him in the beginning. Like I said, he feels he's like depressed. He's still grieving from his wife's death. That happened like three or four years, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't really- and, and again, we've said this before, um, not in just in this podcast, but in, in the other one as well, that grief has no time limit. Yeah. Um, so even though less than a year at your wife's at your fiance's death anniversary is a little too early in my opinion, but we'll we'll go about that in a, later. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um so when they go to grandpa's house, they go to when Elizabeth and Han go to his house, there's no Christmas tree, no decorations, no nothing. And you know, Hannah's like looking all over the house for a Christmas tree, and she doesn't, they they don't have one. And but slowly and surely, um, because Elizabeth and Hannah are there. He starts like coming out of her his shell a little bit. Like mm-hmm. he goes and cooks dinner for them. Because <laughs> I guess the meal that they had was chocolate and ice cream. And yeah. <laughs> whatever else. And he's like, that's not dinner. So he goes and cooks. You know, he goes out to buy the ingredients for her. And what teacher gives her kid homework? Christmas break. I have never in all the years of school remember getting homework over holidays. I mean, in college, obviously, the break was planned between classes, class semesters, so there was never an option. But in high school and, and, and everything, no. They were like, just go enjoy your break. We'll, we'll see you in January. <laughs> she was a first grader. Yeah, in the first grade. Come come on. What first grader is going to need, what, I mean, fall behind over two weeks? Seriously. We need to talk about, it better not be, like, happening right now. Like, if they're, you know what I mean? Like, our generation, that is unheard of. That was unheard of. Like, you just, they let you enjoy your, your holiday breaks. It's just. Like, I understand in college, like, at least with Thanksgiving, I still had homework to deal with over Thanksgiving. But Christmas was a different ballgame because that was when the planned break was between semesters. Um, no. People, don't don't ever do that to, no. If, you, if there are teachers here listening, please don't ever do that to your kids. You will get. I, I, yeah, neither of us are ever going to be mothers but you know I we both have you know we're both aunts and so we we see this with this next generation and we hope for these teachers don't give these children all this homework and not let them enjoy their holiday this is so bad so so bad anyway um when um where's my train of thought I hate the fact that I so Dennis like you know saw that she was doing her homework or whatever and she was like come on let's go take a break or whatever and um he he teaches her how to play chess and it's like again all these little things are just uh helping him bring you know get out of the shell you know, stop being depressed. And that's also the first time that we see the projector because um, that's an important thing. For yeah, it is an important thing. But for, I guess, the younger generation who's never seen one of these old school projectors Projector. like this. Yeah, like, because I guess because um, my dad repaired electronics, I, I ended up seeing a lot of these things and like with the church we used to go to had one yeah so yeah I I remember vividly seeing that these this old school projector like that 
Yeah. Did they used to have like a wheel thing and then like you yeah, had and you slides. slides yeah. Thing. Yeah. 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 How did okay? So my question is, how did it, you know like how they had the pictures of the family in the photo album or whatever? How do they make those into slides that were able to? I honestly them? don't know about how they did it with the slides. I know there was a way that they developed the film and made it into the slide. I don't really understand it, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody who knows will message us and let us know how they do that. But anyway, um, so when, uh, so then he, Dennis, you know, like while Elizabeth and Hannah were out fixing the boat for this um, sail competition or whatever, um, actually goes and decorates the house. He goes and, you know, get, puts the wreath up, has the garland up, everything. The only thing he didn't do was a Christmas tree, which he did later in the movie with, um, you know, Luke. Luke and Elizabeth and Hannah and Luke's best friend slash um, business partner and stuff. But yeah, you know. But yeah, it, it took uh, Elizabeth saying you don't ruin her Christmas. You know, Christmas is an, an enjoyable time for a child. Don't ruin it for her. Yeah. Um, especially these years, uh, five, six, seven, eight, those are fun years. Yeah. Those you, are the memories you try to keep with you forever over. You get holiday. excited for Santa and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And toys. And you know, what's so sweet though. It's one of my favorite parts is Hannah. Um, I guess there were like elves or whatever says that passes out assignments for the little kids to do. Um, it was pretty much to help the community, but the the way the elves said it was to help Santa, um, you know, make for a better Christmas or whatever. And what um, Hannah's thing was to get um, non 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 perishable items. Non perishable items for the was it the food bank? Yeah, like okay, yeah, like um, canned vegetables i saw rice that he had on his um on the over his shoulder these are items that are easy to cook for people who are uh, don't have a lot of money to buy food from the grocery store and the food they are not going to rot you know very quickly or whatever yeah yeah like with fresh fruits and vegetables then after a certain point they're gonna rot anyway but yeah um that was so cute. It's like they had a whole wagon full of stuff. <laughs> and some of the elves were like, so when I went to the elves with the wagon, um, the elf was like, usually people only buy one or two things. <laughs> and um, Dennis was like, well, Hannah likes to do it big. <laughs> I think it was really sweet, you know, because the there are so many oh, yeah. people who can't afford a meal at Christmas time. I mean, yep. and Hannah, Hannah is like Hannah has like a big part. Really yeah, does. yes. Yeah, you know, last the last time we had a Chris a podcast, um, the theme for the podcast was like sucky parents and misplaced anger. I feel like with these two, it's just an angel helping with grief kind of thing. Yeah, grief is definitely a theme for yeah. both of these. Yeah, but it also somebody helped the person who really was grieving, you know, whether it was Hannah or um, the Joe in Christmas <laughs> Promise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, so back to Luke and Elizabeth. After the kiss, they had this whole thing of like, you know, can you move? Can, or what about you? I don't want to move or whatever. And um, both of them were at a stalemate because neither of them moved, even though, like, I don't understand. What does Hallmark have against long-distance relationships? They don't live <laughs> from each other. Luke has a boat. He can travel with. I was about to say, this man has a boat. Boat is a, 
it's literally the most mobile home he could possibly have. I mean, it's more mobile than what they consider a mobile home. He can sleep on it. He can go anywhere he wants to go on this thing. As long as he has gas and food and everything. A dock. Yeah, a dock. So seriously, I don't understand it, but whatever. I mean, like, unless, uh, what's her name? Katie was living in, like, Kansas or something where there's, where there's no water, <laughs> no dock nearby. You okay? Uh, but yeah, there's no way that um, she was in danger at all of that. Anyway, um, so after a while, you know, his mom, um, Luke's mom was trying to knock some sense into him, like, look, you, you don't need to be here. I don't need your help running this flower shop or anything like that, you know? And so he, like, was like, fine, I'll go get her. And so he goes and runs into Dennis, and with Dennis's help, what happens is that they go to the boat parade or whatever, and the the um, lights display was really nice. They had like Rudolph and stuff. It was just cute. And um, to surprise Elizabeth, they had the they had the pictures of her family, uh, per, you know, from her childhood as well as her pictures with Luke, all uh, projected on this torn sail from uh, on the boat and stuff. And they won the ship. They won the competition. And saved and the house. And saved the house. But they did end up selling the boat. So that was yeah. the thing. Like they had to end up selling the boat. But yeah. So it was cute though because the book you, you saw one of the judges wipe tears <laughs> as he saw the pictures projecting. I think it's so cute. And stuff, but yeah, and then they 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 lived happily. What is it called? They had their fairy tale ending, F E R R Y, because <laughs> they do have they do have their boat puns. And yeah, um, Luke ends up moving to Seattle too. So. Yeah. So this is like one of the few movies that um, the guy moves instead of the girl. So yay. Feminism, I guess. <laughs> it, hey, it's progress, and that's what counts. Yeah. Anyway, you got yeah. Anything else sad about this movie? Not really. I I give it about three and a half stars because of the slow motion of the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it was really really slow. It was like really slow at the very beginning it's like but then like once it built up it was cute and funny and stuff and um again it it reminded me a lot of one of my favorite hallmark movies called love takes flight you should watch it it's really good it stars nikki deloach and jeff hector um but yeah it's a really it's a good movie i would also give it like three and a half stars it's slightly better than Christmas in Harmony. It keeps switching between the two of them. Okay, but, uh, okay, so that's all of, that's Christmas sale. The last movie we are talking about is The Christmas Promise, and it aired on Hallmark Movies and Mystery Channel. It starred Tori DeVito, Dylan Bruce, Patrick Duffy, and Jazz Patton. And this movie had me cry in like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and probably all throughout the movie. Uh, anytime his ghost came on, I'm like, oh, why are you doing this to me? But anyway, um, uh, y'all. But like, um, you know, they have the ugly Christmas sweater party, which is, you know, and he leaves to go. Get ice. ice and he dies. Oh my god. Oh, okay, so okay, first off, at the beginning of the movie, I'm sitting here going, something's gonna happen. Cause she's way too happy. <laughs> one of them is gonna something's gonna happen to one of them and because and, 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 they're way too happy. It's just 
Hallmark can't let them be happy. I had Dawson's Creek flashbacks. Because um, in Dawson's Creek, Mitch, um, Mitch, Mitchell Derry went out to get milk. <laughs> and he died on the way coming back home from the store to get them. Uh, I like literally. I, I, and the thing about it is, I knew it was happening. But they went and when he volunteered to get ice, I was like, no, that is not how it happens. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You cannot do that. That is not how it happens. Somebody tell me that's not how it happens and stuff. But anyway, um, just give me a brief synopsis of this is that Nicole was played by Tori. She, um, was engaged to Henry and they were, you know, they owned a toy store together. Henry was, you know, renovating this beautiful house or whatever so that they can move in together by the following Christmas. Um, they have a lot of friends <laughs> and one of their friends, Susan. <laughs> I think she has narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, something. <laughs> I wanted to yank that megaphone from her so badly every single time she had it in her hand. I'm surprised all of her friends still go to her parties. But anyway. Yeah, and I'm surprised her husband still loves her, okay? I'm like, dude, you know, you can't leave her. <laughs> you don't have to live with a narcissist anymore. <laughs> oh my god. That is so but anyway, um Susan. Um <laughs> why are we talking about Susan? Susan hosts this ugly Christmas sweater party. And you know, um Nicole, Henry, and her friends all go to the um party and um god I'm gonna cry talking about this uh they go out they run out of ice so Henry goes to volunteer and get ice he never comes home comes back and we find out that he died that night and this is why we're mad at Susan because a year later you know um What's her name? Nicole hasn't touched the house yet. The renovations haven't. She hasn't moved on well no. at all. She, but it's only a year. Yeah, it's only a year. I mean, and grief has no timeline. So, and I mean, I understand that her friends are worried about her. Her sister also said that she was worried about her or whatever. But this is her fight. Anchor, okay. Susan is happily talking about her ugly Christmas sweater party a year later. And Tanner Nicole, you're coming, it's right? It's so inconsiderate to the fact that maybe she doesn't want to go to this party. Her fiance died at your effing party. If she doesn't ever want to go to that party for the rest of her life, I would understand. Agreed. <laughs> like, I would probably avoid that party like a plague. <laughs> I would probably avoid her. I would be no. like, girl, you are not my friend because you are too wrapped up in yourself. I mean, I couldn't have been friends so with her. So much. Oh my God. That, that, that friendship, that whatever with Susan is just toxic. Anyway, and she keeps, Susan keeps trying to hook her up with the orthodontist. <laughs> Susan, her fiance just died. And you're, it, Christmas is already hard for people who've lost family members. Yeah, especially so, if they die at Christmas, okay? Or like, like but that's yeah. even harder. Like you lose a family member and you were, if they died sometime other than than the holiday itself, yeah, you lose a family member at Christmas. Like my aunt passed away last Christmas Eve, 
you think this is going to be easy for me to, to go through the my one of my favorite holidays and not remember her? No. Yeah. But anyway, um, Nicole tries is trying to um, finish the renovations for her house. Um, one of her the employees at the store suggested his friend, which we find out was a carpenter to, to the renovations. And that's Joe, who's played by Dylan Bruce. And he's so cute. From the beginning, I was he's like- adoring. He's adoring. He's gorgeous. <laughs> From the beginning, I was like, he is so hot. Who is this dude? Please <laughs> tell me. Okay. So this is where the point of contention is, because we're going to talk about the grandfather. Patrick Duffy is not old enough. I mean, like, he is old enough to be somebody's grandfather. Just not hers. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, there's a... I don't know how old um, Nicole is supposed to be in the movie, but Patrick Duffy in real life is 73. And Tori DeVito is 37. So, like, Hubbock wants us to believe that he became a grandfather at 36 years old or something. <laughs> Sorry, Hallmark. I mean, yeah, it's plausible if Maybe. he started really young. But, you Maybe. know, most people don't come home grandparents till their 40s or 50 or 60. Can you repeat back as the damn motorcycle just came over? Oh, I was just gonna say, most people don't become grandparents to the late forties, or into their fifties, or even and in sometimes into their sixties. Yeah. So. Unless, like, Hallmark is finally venturing into teen mother, teen parents. Because <laughs> I mean, the only way that a thirty-six-year-old could be a grandfather is if his daughter was a teenager, or he was a teenager, or both <laughs> was a teenager right um yeah so uh but yeah um that was just crazy anyway grandpa also lost his wife um and uh, i don't know whether the story behind the loss of his wife or whatever but he did um nicole went up to him and asked him how did it, like, how did he, what helped him um, with grieving and, like, you know, not being in so much pain and stuff like that. He suggested to her, he told her that he wrote his, uh, to letters to his grand, to the grandmother um, every day for a year. So he gave, gave Nicole the idea of texting her fiance's old number. And that's the story begins. Um, Lo and behold, that number is active yes. to someone else's phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's very active. But um, I do have to say, like, even if Joe was not the recipient of her text messages, their little meetings kind of thing at the toy store or at the, you know, I mean, he's such a gentleman. He walks mm -hmm. her, he would, he would walk her home. I mean, like, you know, drop, like he was renovating their, her house, right? But he would walk her to where he, where she lives now kind of thing. And he, you know, he would like always go to the toy store and like, try to make her laugh and stuff. I mean, like, the dude was just the sweetest guy ever. So, I mean, like, even, but even if he wasn't at the end of the phone, I'd have been like, screw whoever's at the phone, <laughs> be with him, he's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, uh, well, even before it was revealed that it was, him on the other end of that phone like I was like it's him it's gotta oh, be it's him Hallmark. it's Hallmark Hallmark has done this move this storyline before there are two two movies that come to mind that this movie um 
resin is similar with is to love always Santa in a secret Valentine, where they both had like been exchanging messages with each other, but they they the um they didn't know who it was like anonymous messages or whatever so it wasn't until the end of the movie that they found out who it was or something like that it like yeah so it's very similar to both storylines um but yeah so anyway i have to say my favorite favorite ingenious moment of this film was the first kiss <laughs> the dialogue, the, the dialogue, that, that dialogue, the dialogue between the two of them about it. What, what was that? Good night, kid. Good night, kiss. They're like, is that a kiss with a question mark? Because <laughs> that, that seems like a kiss without a question mark. And I was just like loving it, you know? Because it, it was like a simple way of um, expressing the emotions, really, behind anything, you know. And honestly, it was yeah, like... because in a, in a text message or a letter, like, you really can't display your um, the emotions behind the words. Yeah. Uh, That's why things get lost in translation or across the internet without emojis. Mm-hmm. Um, so understandable understandable sorry yep but it, i think that um they're the cute the um that whole first kiss was definitely my favorite scene of the movie i think it was genius it was a way of them kind of like telling each other um their emotions behind the kiss without really saying their emotions <laughs> behind the kisses oh what i would say he was like do you, um, do you want because he kissed her first, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, then they had the whole, like, what was that? And then she kissed him, and he's like, what was that? He's like, that's a question mark. You're like, because that felt like two exclamation points. <laughs> Which is so cute. But anyway, um, he, she goes to meet up with her texting pal you know the person who's been helping her grieve and kind of like enjoy life finally and she did go to the ugly Christmas sweater party which was just like brave of her and stuff and um you know and he he went there too that's how he found out that she was the person on the other phone sending him text messages. Yeah, he, he was like, oh, that's who's texting me. That makes more sense now. And he's like, ooh. He ran. He ran. And I understand where he was saying, like, you know, I don't want to hurt her. You know, that kind of thing. But, like, why? What's the... What, what's so hard with going in there and telling her, look, you've been texting me and, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know you. I have, your, you know what I mean? Like, what, mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with just being honest? Of course, it's a Hallmark movie, so they have to add some kind of conflict in it. <laughs> you know, but yep. um, what's wrong with that? Anyway, I do have to say, though, Susan kind of redeemed herself in the end with, um, with you know, the facials party when they were all wearing facials and they were yeah. kind of like... T- that was a fun scene compared, like, they take the, the... It was a, a good scene to have comic relief built into this movie that has a lot of... Um, grief. Grief. Sadness. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, they also have, and also she redeemed her, Susan also redeemed herself with the um, scavenger hunt, even though 25 degree weather, you should be doing the scavenger hunt in Yeah, um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I can barely stand the 40 something, we were in the low 40s today and I'm like standing out there shivering just so I can get a signal on my cell phone, I'm like, no, no. 
I'm not standing out in the snow in 20 something degree weather. I hate being cold. So no. <laughs> you gotta hit that package um, inside the house somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, so they were, all of the guests were waiting for uh, Elizabeth to come, I mean, Nicole, sorry. I'm just totally like- Wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, for Nicole to come. And there was only one thing that was on the list that they hadn't found yet. And it was like a wrap present. And um, that's when, when they go looking for it, Alan, her friend goes looking for it too. With her, and they talk about, you know, Joe and her feelings for Joe and stuff. And there's the wrap present under the tree. And she goes to pick it up, opens the box, and it's a miniature model of her house um, that Joe made for her. And so then she goes looking for Joe or whatever, and she finds him at her house that he finished renovating and turn on the lights and stuff. And they kiss again. And it was so cute at that because she was like, so what, what score do you give this kiss? And she's like, 9.5. And he's like, 9.5? Uh, only? He's like, but kissing again, we, we can make it 10. <laughs> so cute. But um, anyway, I know I'm skipping around here, but this movie, uh, there, there, there are so many things in this movie that I love that makes this movie, in my opinion, the best movie of the weekend. I know you didn't like it. But this is my favorite. I thought it was just, like, parts of it I really liked. Uh, It was unbelievable in certain aspects with the fact that the age gap between her and her grandpa just made it. Threw you off. Uh, It threw me off, yeah. And and just, I don't know. I I liked the chemistry and everything. I loved the fact that he put the Christmas lights on the house and everything. And it made her, you know maybe reconsider you know trying to get rid of it but yeah well what i i the it's it's hilarious because charles charles Patton, he was the one who played henry in um this movie um nicole's fiance and he was in the movie for a short time but I swear each scene that he was in, I got emotional, especially the scene where he, his ghost was in the red truck. I was like, no. And she sees the red truck from what is the other guy? He has, he had a red ghost truck, too. truck too. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. And it, um, also another scene is that, you know, uh, grandpa goes and, Finds love again, so you know, like I guess it was like her hint that you know, love, there, there, there could be one, there could be a second chance at love even after grief and stuff, and you know, um, I just it, what's the name? Nicole had a hard time going into the house. I don't think she went inside the house. The Until whole the end year. of the movie. Yeah, at all. And Joe kept trying to get her in the house, like, oh, let's tell me, go inside with me. And she didn't me even want to make decisions on what he was using, like, in terms of, like, right, wood or which stain he was going to put on the wood or how it was going to look, what color he was going to paint it, yeah. anything. She didn't, she's like, just do it the way you want to do it so I can sell it. Yeah. But he did, he, um, by the end of the movie, I guess, I guess, like, this whole movie was kind of showing uh, Nicole healing, you know, via the text messages, via her friends, or whatever. With all of their help, she went from a grieving, you know, fiancé to is trying to sell the house in this 
toy store and everything. She sold the toy store to her, to her employees, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't her dream. The toy store wasn't her dream. It was Henry's dream. Mm -hmm. And when he died, it was just, her dream was always to sell her debts, which, which, which is what she ended up doing um, at the end of the movie. She sold the toy store to um, Ian to make an online business as a knitwear seller person kind of thing. So, but yeah. Um, I don't know how much money you can make off of that to stably live uh, your viable income. But can they really make that much money? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: you it it does it takes a while to knit that stuff, right? It's yes. not like mass-produced stuff. No, no. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just sitting here like Hallmark. You're giving like the most unrealistic expectations to this character here. Like I'm just saying this movie one, the, the age gap between the grandpa and the granddaughter, unrealistic. And then the, her dream just didn't really give a viable amount of money to her income. And I'm just sitting here going, yeah, so that kind of just broke the, I know these things are supposed to be escapisms, but for me, there needs to be some grounded reality and this one didn't have it. Well, I uh, I ignored all of that. I was just in love with the fact that Dylan Bruce, Joe, and was, and was cheering for him. But uh, I, 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 did, I like the... Um, I understand why what you're saying is that it was unrealistic, but Hallmark is unrealistic. <laughs> there were there's more realism, and they could have made a little bit more realistic. Sorry. Okay. So how many stars would you give this one? I still have to go with like a three, because there were parts that I liked, but there were just most of it just. The, the, the shattered realism and the slow plot line and everything. I have to give this one like a four. I like this one. I like the writing. I like the um, storyline. I cried like a baby throughout this movie and I'm not a crier. I was um, I felt like I could relate sort of. Seriously, she's not a crier. We watched a major character come off a dial on a TV show and she didn't cry. So, oh, I'm, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't cry. It's weird. But yeah, so yes, the, I, I, the movie was very much, um, I thought it was beautifully written. I liked the dialogues between the characters. I could forgive the unbelievableness of you know the grandpa and granddaughter kind of thing I mean, I would, why did they make him grandpa he could have been just father <laughs> it would have been it would have been uh just as fine of a storyline if he was just father you know what i mean mm-hmm. and we don't even know what did they ever mention what happened to her parents no, that was something like, where's mom and dad? <laughs> yeah, so like, because so like, you're like, I had a close relationship with my grandparents, obviously, yeah. but my parents were in the photo in the picture, you know? Yeah. So for her to have a close as close of where she's checking on him every day and bringing him food and medicine and all that stuff, there's got to be a, this bond that has happened. Yeah. And so, but yeah, but I I could forgive all that. This the storyline I think was just beautiful, and I cried like a baby. Anyway, um, well actually, the more I talk about what's wrong with it, maybe I should notch it down to like three and three quarters. <laughs> the best movie of the weekend. Um, whew, okay, so that was it for this week's two movies. Um, next week is week three of Christmas movies and 
they got some big names. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, on Friday, it's Gingerbread Miracle with John Ecker and Merritt Patterson. Saturday, January 6th, it's Next Up Christmas with Lizzie Fonseca, Chandler Massey, Leah Thompson, and Christopher Lloyd. And this one is the one I'm most excited about because... When I saw the promo, I was like... This looks really good. It reminds me of the Polar Express. There was um, the Polar Express and um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future <laughs> and everything. And then, you know, like I I, I would I am a soap opera fan. So I'm also I love Lindsay and I love Chandler. They Lindsay's from um, Young and the Restless and Chandler is from Days of Our Lives, I believe. So I'm a huge fan of that. So like Please, Hallmark, do not disappoint me with this one because every single movie that I get excited for so far this Christmas, I am crashed to the ground disappointed in. And the ones that I am least excited for, I end up loving. <coughs> Christmas Treasure is another big name. Jordan Sparks and Michael Xavier. Uh, Jordan Sparks. I love Jordan Sparks. That girl can sing. American Idol winner, awesome woman, love her to death. I'm excited to see her in a Hallmark movie. And I really hope they let her sing. Just let her highlight her musical ability. Did you say that she has a a new song coming out that is part of the movie? So I'm excited about that one. Anyway, um, and then... On Hallmark Movies and Mysteries on Saturday, November 6th, is Debbie McCombers, A Mrs. Miracle Christmas, starring Stephen Lund, Caitlin Doubleday, and Caroline Ray. So, um, I, from what I understand, I haven't seen any of the other reiterations of this uh, Miss Miracle thing, but um, they resurrected the storyline after Doris Roberts died. Mm-hmm. She did. Um, I, I I knew about the past. I haven't seen them either, but I know where. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So C- Caroline Ray is um, taking over the Mrs. Miracle um, character from Doris Roberts. But yeah. And for those who don't know who Caroline Ray is, that's Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, also, she's probably done other things. Other yeah, things. she's done a lot of a couple Disney movies. Um, but yeah, that's the, like, I guess because of our generation, that's the show that we were from. Know about, but yeah. yeah. I'm most excited, definitely, about Next Top Christmas. That's the one I'm most excited about. I'm dying for that one. I just hope they don't disappoint me. It feels like every single time I get excited for a movie, I'm like, <laughs> crash and burn. And then. Anyway, um, you want to talk about the Ep- Epilepsy Foundation again? Yeah. Um, this, it's November, and November is the month that the Epilepsy Foundation uses to bring awareness to the disease, the disease that I've had far longer than I care to remember. Um, I've had it since pretty much birth. And um, to bring, it's more common. Every one in one in every 26 people are afflicted with epilepsy. It's Mm. so common and it's still got a stigma attached to it. And the thing is they're trying to erase the stigma. They're trying to bring awareness and they're trying to uh, find a cure. So essentially the Epilepsy Foundation of America, um, if you want to help support an organization this November and be thankful, like, cause it's November is about giving thanks and giving back, right? So if there's one place that you can help, uh, this would be a good, charitable organization yeah. i will be posting a link on that one also yeah. um come join our new group called hallmark movie fans for diversity um it is pretty much a group that celebrates hallmark's steps towards inclusion and diversity and you know we talk about all the movies 
even if it doesn't have POC or LGBTQ characters, but unlike other movies, we talk about all the movies, including and it's a positive atmosphere yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very and right now, Camille and I, well, Camille is the founder of the group, but I am a co-admin. Yeah. So. But yeah, just come join us and, you know, answer the questions that you will be approved. Anyway, Mickey's also in the bottom. <laughs> uh, and we also have uh, one more interview that we'll release this week. Yeah, and that's with Azriel Davin. Um, he played from Coyote in um, Coyote Creek Christmas. But yeah, so I I love the I love the children actors this year. They're so great. They're stealing the movies, and mm-hmm. I hope all of the children that they've used in the Christmas movies at least have more movies in the future for them. You know, whether it be with Hallmark or with any other channel. So anyway, thank you guys. See you guys in a couple of days when we talk to Azrael, and then we gonna go and. Review next week's movies. <laughs> Yay!